Hello and welcome to the Cozy Club, a warm hug in podcast form for all the soft hearts out there. Grab a warm drink and join us for wholesome books, games, stories, and more. My name is Monica. And I'm Reagan. And today's episode, we're going to be talking about all things booktube. So Reagan and I have both been part of the bookish online community for years. So we thought it'd be fun to kind of take a stroll through memory lane and share some of our favorite memories and anecdotes from over the years. Yes, but before we dive into more specific details, quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast via your app of choice if you haven't already, and leave a review if you feel so inclined, as it does help us out so much. Also, a quick book club reminder for Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies, which is our spring cozy club pick. If you want to read along and participate in our book club, try to have the book read by April 20th and email any thoughts to cozyclubpodcast at gmail.com, as we would love to hear them. Yes, so excited to hear people's thoughts on this one. Same, same, same. So to kind of kick things off, do we want to talk a bit about our sort of history and origins with BookTube? Our origin story? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Our reader origin story. (laughs) Sure. I mean, I guess I can start. So I have been on Booktube officially 10 years this year which is wow. kind of bananas to think about. You know, I'm hitting that my 10-year anniversary. A decade. <laughs> a decade of my life. Um, and I actually remember distinctly, why one, how I found BookTube, and two, why I decided mm-hmm. I wanted to join it. So I was reading the Clockwork series by Cassandra Clare, that uh, Clockwork Prince, Princess, that series. And... Mm-hmm. I was an angsty 17-year-old, and it absolutely took over my life. And I was like, I need to consume... Like, surely someone else in the world has read this, because none of my friends had read it. So I was, like, searching just in the internet. Just one day, I was like, yeah. I need I need thoughts. Like, I feel so many emotions <laughs> right now. Like, I need to hear what someone else thinks. And that is how I found mm-hmm. BookTube, actually, because there's a lot of, like, discussion videos back in the day on these books. I mean, even present day, it's a very popular oh. series. So yeah, this is how I found it. I was, like, obsessed. And it really scratched that itch for me because I've always been a huge reader. Um, and I had some friends who read, but not necessarily won the same books as me and definitely not at the same volume. So, like, in school and stuff, like, I would hang out and, like, with my librarian at the school <laughs> and we would chat <laughs> books all the time. I had like an Amazing. in. She would show me like anytime we got like a new shipment of books, like she would show them mm-hmm. to me like before she wrapped them. I tell this story to people and they're like, that's embarrassing. And I'm like, for <laughs> you maybe, because you didn't have an in with your librarian. Yeah. Um, so like, like I don't see to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Jealousy is ugly guys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So, like, I've always had this, like, deep craving to converse with people about books because it's just something I've always been really passionate about but never necessarily had many outlets. So when I discovered BookTube, I was like, okay, this is it. This is it. So I waited until I graduated high school because I didn't want anyone at the time because YouTube wasn't, like, a huge thing at this point. Yeah. Um, It was, like, kind of in its middle stage, I guess. So I just didn't want anyone to find it in my high school. So I graduated high school. It was literally the day, like, the first day of summer. I sat down, and the first video I did, I filmed it on my iPhone, which this was probably, like, an iPhone 4 or whatever, so low quality. Um, Filmed it in my room, and I did a... Chaos Walking Patrick Ness series review, I think was my first video. And I truly, 
Um, and there are, and you know, everything, you know, ever since then, you know, just still making videos to this day. I feel like a lot has changed. There's definitely been an evolution. All of my early videos, I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Like I was (laughs) talking so loud. I was a theater kid and I really took projection. Mm -hmm. It's just a whole new space. Like I am like, this hurts my ears. Like, I'm sorry for anyone who is using headphones to listen to this video. Um, a lot of my early videos like don't even exist. Like I've Oh, yeah. because I mean, this is like early, early BookTube Dave. So my first YouTube channel I made for mm-hmm. BookTube, I made with my high school email account for some reason. No. And then I graduated high school, obviously. So I, I was making all these videos for three months. I had gotten like a thousand subscribers and then I got locked out. I got locked out because I'm not in high school anymore. So I had to make a whole new yeah. channel. And it was like, so if anyone is listening to this that was subscribed to that original YouTube account, you get the biggest prize because <laughs> that was like, real that fan. was emotionally tumultuous for me. Like I was like, all of this hard work, my life is over. I'm never like, everything is done. Uh, we pivoted, we, we made it through. And then I transitioned to making YouTube videos in my college dorm room, which were also very embarrassing. I think the only <laughs> video I have from that time period that's still up is my Summer I Turn Pretty trilogy review because I just think it's so funny because I was yeah. so obsessed with it. And I feel like like my time, well, the age I was when I made this, like kind of fits the books in and itself. And like my energy is so, I don't know, like late teenage, early 20 vibes, like coming of age. So it's kind of, I keep it up because it feels very nostalgic to me, but I'm kind of rambling now. That's my origin. Filming on my iPhone, in my bedroom, making all different types of videos, <laughs> namely bookish, but I'll, I'll, my first video had to do with Patrick Ness for sure. Amazing. I love that. That origin, that, that tracks too, Patrick Ness. <laughs> I know. I know. A running theme. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> what about you? So for me, like I, I feel like I've always been on YouTube. Like mm-hmm. as soon as I knew YouTube existed, I basically mm-hmm. begged and begged and begged for some sort of like device that would let me record. And then I was on YouTube in some capacity mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. really embarrassing capacities. I um, like I, I once had like a beauty channel. Everything is private. <laughs> I would pay anymore. so much money for you, for you to send that to me. Never. I could see those videos. Never. <laughs> there it's like, it's literally like high school me trying to teach you how to like blend your eyeshadow on a like MacBook, like old MacBook blurry <laughs> camera. It's so rough. So those, that's a thing. Um, and then for me, when it came to like finding booktube, I was part of like a lot of just like nerdy circles online mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. So I was like big into like the vlog brothers, like early mm-hmm. days and like the whole Harry Potter, like fandom. And so that's what like kind of got me into that whole world. And then through that, I think YouTube just like figured. And then I think YouTube's algorithm just kind of knew mm-hmm. that, okay, this girl, she wants some nerdy stuff. So mm-hmm. they, I got this video from a creator called The Readables mm-hmm. and just like one of the original like booktube creators stunning and stuff yeah so her and her content was always so like beautiful to watch because she's a graphic designer so she had really fun like animations and mm-hmm. i just loved the way that she formatted her videos too they just felt so fresh you know and unlike mm-hmm. anything that 
at the time at least were making on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like they were so professional. Mm-hmm. And so that really like brought me into that whole world. And through her, I found like so many more creators. And then I'm like actually scrolling through my channel right now. And I'm realizing I've like, I have definitely privated the majority of like my earliest videos. I think because it's, it's just like painful yeah. to go through and watch some of them and be like what were you on <laughs> like, i just like just the energy the I, talked. I feel that i'm like yeah and just like even <laughs> the style of filming it's like mm-hmm. it's everything's different. so high up and like i've i filtered the hell out of my videos too i mean that was just like instagram and everything yeah it was time. just a highly saturated time period it was. It was. I will say that one of my earliest videos, though, was a Shadow and Bone series mm. review. See, and it was, like, that. the third book. Yeah. It's so funny. Like, both of us, like, our first videos were kind of, like, earliest videos were kind of about mm-hmm. our favorite author. But, yeah, so one of my earliest videos was the Shadow and Bone series review. And I was talking because the, the third book had just come out. And it's funny because I hated it. And that's mm-hmm. what I, I, I recently went back and watched it because I reread the series and I hated the third book and I thought it was such a cop out. And I recently went and reread it and I was like, no, this is brilliant. This is like one of the best things, best series finales ever read. Mm-hmm. Everything ties so well together. And I go back and I watch this and I'm like, what the hell was I on? <laughs> what do you mean you thought it was bad? Anyway, listen, my most far. viewed video hurts me a little bit. Just because I've changed. It's my favorite fantasy books. (laughs) But this was posted in, I don't even know. I was living in Chicago. So it was like a while ago. I just graduated college. And the thing is, I like all these books, but none Mm -hmm. of them are like my favorite fantasy series. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, ah, what a time capsule. But it's my most viewed video. And again, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. Like the kiss of deception is on this list. Oh, no. Which yeah, that is a throwback. I mean, I love the kiss of. I mean, that was a fun series, but I just again, it wouldn't yeah. make my. What is it? It's Girl of Fire and Thorns. Standby. Name of the Wind. Good book. Great book. The Black Prism mm-hmm. series. I was obsessed with that at that time period. Not wouldn't make my favorite. Oh, Queen of the Tyrling. Excellent. Still Six of Crows. Ex- mm-hmm. A lot of these are like YA that I think would all make like a top YA list, but I think I've read a lot more fantasy and just the general fantasy genre, obviously, at this point. So some of these would shift Fair. around. Darker Shade of Magic, the Thief series, which I still love. It's just kind of funny. <laughs> and it's like, of course, still my most viewed video of all time. Thank you for that, everyone. But it's getting close. <laughs> it's getting close to being surpassed. Thank God. So we'll see. Woo-hoo. Oh, I have even an older one from eight years ago that has <gasps> way too many views. What are these? What oh, are no. my favorite books in this? Final Empire. Codex Alera, Finnegan of the Rock, The Demon King. Honestly, my taste is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that, those are the ones I would assume you'd have on there. Throne of Glass? <laughs> yeah. No, maybe not that one. That was a time period know. for me. Throne of Glass was like... Throne uh, of Glass was like an era in BookTube. I know. And now it's an era again with like, obviously it like is. gotten repopular again. Yeah. But like, uh, I, I obviously, I mean, I really enjoyed... Throne of Glass when I read it as like a 20, mm. 21 year old. I mm-hmm. have again kind of moved past it, but that was an error on my channel. Like I have, I think I have reviews for like the first four, like reading vlogs for like a lot of them. 
What a time. Yeah. What a time. It is funny how, like, cyclical it is, right? Like, because yes. I remember those early days where, like, everyone was obsessed with Sarah J. Mass and Colleen Hoover. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah. again, Welcome. the internet is obsessed with Sarah J. Mass and Colleen Hoover. And Colleen Hoover. I read one I Colleen like, Hoover book in that time period. I just came back yeah. to me recently. I thought I had never read a Colleen Hoover book, and I never planned to. Same. But I had read one. And I was, like, remembering the Which synopsis, one? I was like, this, yeah, this tracks. Ah. It's the one where she dates her teacher. <gasps> Me too. Was it because you also had a crush on your coll- on a college professor? Because that's why I read it. No, I read it literally going into college. Oh, okay, okay. So I didn't even really know. I was like, oh, yeah. like everyone likes this book. I don't remember what it's called. And it's like a romance book. And I think at this Slammed. time, I didn't, I knew I liked fantasy, but I read more things that I maybe wouldn't because nowadays I really only try to pick up books that I think I'm going to like are going to be my vibe and like if it's kind of outside of my usual circle like I read a lot of reviews to see if it will work for me but then I felt like I was more easily swayed to just like read stuff that was popular because I felt like I needed to like for my channel at that point um so I just picked it up and I was like I even as an 18 year old I was like this is illegal (laughs) Oh, like reflecting back on it, it's actually like unhinged. This is yeah, it is. Like, it unhinged. Is. I mean, it's like, a high school teacher too, right? Oh wait, is it? No, I thought I, I'm pretty sure. No, she's in it's high school. And it's her. No, maybe I'm. What is it called? A different romance novel. Colleen Hoover. It's like slam poetry. Like slam. right? Slam. Okay, Google it. Eighteen-year-old Lakin is forced to be the rock for both her mother and younger brother. Twenty-one-year-old new neighbor. In high school. There's no way. She's definitely in high school. No. Senior year of high school. (gasps) Senior year of high school. Yeah. She was in high school. I'm definitely thinking about a different book then. It Mm. must not be a... This whole time, I thought it was a Colleen Hoover book that I read. Okay. Well, Out There is a romance novel that I read where it's a (laughs) college student who has an affair with like their ta and i remember reading it because i, I mean, had a crush that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> i get it yeah Hot was for TA. This... <laughs> yeah yeah no i read slam by colleen hoover and i remember reading it and everyone was like obsessed with it and i was like Rah. this is weird like it's her high school teacher like i don't care that they're so close in age i might have given it like three or four stars but Wait, i think there was a lot of pressure that, at the time it can't be his her high school teacher he's 21 right yeah but he like has he's like the slam poetry guy let me look up the synopsis it's been so long like it was like she's a senior and she Gosh. they start dating before her senior year and then she comes to class and he's in like She's in, oh, yeah, or not long after an intense, no, I'm reading the synopsis to you right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not long after an intense heart-stopping first date, they are slammed to the core when a shocking revelation forces her new re- relationship to a sudden halt. Daily interactions become impossibly painful as they struggle to find a balance between feelings that pull them together and the secrets that keeps them apart because he's her teacher and the shocking revelation is that she goes to class and he's there that's rough (laughs) that's real rough i feel like that's one people don't talk about probably for that reason (laughs) because i never see that one recommended It's one of her early ones. I feel like those two authors are just, like, such easy entrances into reading, you know? Because, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't read Colleen Hoover, so I'm just assuming. Apparently, I haven't read Colleen Hoover, um, as I've just learned. Uh, But I've read Sarah J. Mass, and I feel like Mm -hmm. with Sarah, like, her writing is just, like, it's so 
consumable and like yeah like she she's good at like crafting a plot whether or not you like her writing or or themes or whatever she is good at like getting you hooked um Mm -hmm. and like making it easy to like follow a story that maybe sounds more complex than it is Mm -hmm. on like on paper but like Mm -hmm. reads very oh easily i mean if we're talking about sarah j mass like in a large way she shaped a lot of my early fantasy reading like i still read all of her books and some of them land for me some of them don't they're all entertaining but i can understand Mm -hmm. completely like they're a great gateway one to lots of different things and it's like oh i really liked this i love this like multi-pov i love this Mm -hmm. fantastical setting you know the romance was interesting and like you can obviously veer off into more romance novels or you can veer off into some fantasy novels that have similar tropes but maybe are done in a little different way like they're a great they can be a great like introductory book and not to say that you you know they should be they don't they don't just have to be an introductory book either but i mean personally Mm -hmm. they were an introductory book on that note though should we talk about Mm -hmm. some of our favorite event or travel memories that have to do with booktube yeah i mean there's so many i feel Mm -hmm. like you have the two types you have the travel events that are like the community Mm -hmm. convention events and then Mm -hmm. what we sort of graduated to which is like traveling uh for fun (laughs) yeah basically okay what events were there so there's bea slash book con book expo america we have y'all fest we have both coasts on both coasts y'all west Uh y'all fest we have VidCon. VidCon, oh god, RIP. And then just general signings and author She's moments. not dead, she's just dead to us. <laughs> <laughs> true, <laughs> true. Yeah. Do you want to start with Book Expo? Because I feel like that's the big one. That was the one that like yeah. had the most buzz every year and mm-hmm. the most people and all of that. I think How so. How many Book Expos did you go to? Do you remember? I think I went to maybe one or two. I, okay, I'll okay. be honest. I feel mm-hmm. like... For me, as a person. Yeah. Some of these things conceptually always sounded so fun, like such a good idea. Like, I wanted to see my friends, but I personally get very overwhelmed very quickly and overstimulated in certain environments. Mm -hmm. And, like, Book Expo America was so cool because I got to see my friends and I got to meet so many people who had subscribed to my YouTube channel, which was, like, so special and so much fun. But, like, the other parts of it were so overwhelming. Like, the lines for arcs, just the amount of people. It was, like, such a long day. Like, I just remember being, like, I need to crawl into a hole and no Mm -hmm. one can find me. Like, Mm -hmm. is there a place, like, there are quiet closets that I can just sit in by myself for hours? Because it was, like, so much wonder and great and then also, like, so much bad but not so much overwhelming and no, like overstimulation. But yeah, exactly. It wasn't like I was doing anything to make it bad. It was like just my personal yeah. reaction to like the environment because it's huge. Like Book Expo America is ginormous and it's so yeah. cool. Like if you think about it, it's all these booths by all these different publishers and it was kind of like a rush, right? You're like lining up to get this arc and you're like, ooh, I'm the first to have this book. And like <laughs> it was like a whole thing. You know what I mean? What about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, so I guess for anyone listening who aren't who isn't familiar, so Book Expo America is a uh, business conference, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's the whole point of it is that people all from all 
areas of the book industry attend this event and it's a way to make connections have meetings Mm -hmm. learn about upcoming titles so whether you're a bookseller librarian um, someone who works in sales etc you are probably attending this event lots of authors and then book con is like the comic con version it's like the public facing version Mm -hmm. of the event they used to happen like right next to each other and now book con mm-hmm. has kind of been spun off to be part of comic con new york comic con and yeah i think for me i i have like a an interesting history with book expo like i i loved it um because i love i so yes i have same f- feelings as you in that like i would get really overstimulated but mm-hmm. i also like loved that environment of just like being in that space of yeah. just like people who are super excited about this thing mm-hmm. who are mm-hmm. and it was also cool just to like it's again like, yeah it's contagious and you get to like meet all these people who you have only ever been like people on a screen mm-hmm. um really cool uh i hosted the very first booktube panel that book expo oh, again yeah. it was exciting and so i really loved all of that element of it but yeah it definitely could get like very overwhelming because like you would have very large groups of people and every year the group got larger and larger and larger and like probably the most stressful part was honestly just like finding places for people to eat because mm-hmm. like i always wanted to eat together and you know especially because like i lived in new york city i it I'm like, you can't really do that in New York. Yeah. Remember the Times Square Applebee's with like 30 people? Oh my God. I individually split that bill. Yeah. I wrote on the receipt everyone's name and then associated amount because I felt I want to, you know, because splitting the bill in New York is really hard. They don't even want to do it when there's three people. So imagine when there's like 25. So like, I was like, okay, I'll do it. You know, because everyone ordered different things, of course. So I totally understand. So I, I did it. It took me like 45 minutes. Yeah. It's like, that's always the most, like when, and that's not, that's not a book expo only mm-hmm. thing. Like that's anytime. If you have a big group of people in New York City, it is, you just kind of have to like, someone has to bite the bullet and pay for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then like, if it's a large group, like just split it evenly yeah. <laughs> or I guess have someone who's willing to do the math. I personally would never, could never <laughs> do that math. I just felt bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think my one, like, memory that I, I have, like, distinctly in my head is specifically the, like, running of the bulls to get Heartless oh, yeah. by Marissa Meyer, uh-huh. who, like, I, I was in this line with everybody, and I don't know why, because I had never really liked any <laughs> book in this series that I had read. Like, I never loved any of them, but You're everyone the was there, and so I was like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Everyone was there. I have FOMO, so I was in line too. And then they like start handing out the books, and it was like an avalanche of people running to like get in line for this book. And I just remember everyone moved forward, and I moved backwards. I was like, "No, get me out of here! <laughs> I wanted nothing to do with it." So I, yeah, I, I just have like that distinct memory, and I feel like that really was kind of the nail in the coffin for me when it came to like waiting for arcs so I just had that mm-hmm. moment of like what are we doing this book's gonna be out in like three months like <laughs> I, and none yeah. of you are gonna read it and review it before that exactly I totally agree because like me I similarly would get like wrapped up and I'd get all these arcs and like I never would read them in time and I'm like why am I mm-hmm. doing this and two I mean this is just a general after honestly BEA kind of inspired this and I've like stuck to it ever since mm-hmm. is I don't even accept arcs anymore because Same. I have such a huge TBR that there's no way I'm going to read a book early. And two, I don't even like yeah. reading books early because I like to read it with everyone else and like react with everyone else like real time, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like it's 
like a secret, and I forget things yeah. anyway. So you know what actually killed reading arcs for me? What? <laughs> so, we have a friend who used to work at Little Brown, and mm-hmm. she got me a uh, an edition of the second Cruel Prince book, and I think mm. I was the very first person to read it, like like review it on Goodreads, like one of the first like. Yeah. five and that was the most miserable experience because like i had nobody to talk about this book with yeah i had like it's a big i had to wait ages for anybody else to read it or to be able yeah. to talk about it or to read this the third book which i knew had already been done but like obviously they weren't going to give me an arc of that mm-hmm. but uh, yeah i just like that's what killed it for me but yeah. i also just like i don't know i i feel like there's so much waste to it too like it just mm-hmm. You know, it's all just marketing materials and, like, 90% of those books, like, don't get read and Mm -hmm. can just exist digitally. Yeah. It's, like, I feel like digital arcs, I either would, like, personally would rather just get a physical copy that I'll keep on my shelf forever or just have a digital arc. But, I again, I don't even accept arcs. Like, I don't read them. There's just no way. I'm, like, I'm stressed about the book that came out five months ago that I still haven't gotten Mm -hmm. to yet, you know? Like, I just, I can't have that level of stress. So I think once I... Like, this event is a little too overwhelming for me. Mm-hmm. I don't even read arcs. Yeah. Maybe and Maybe that's fine a different do. way to hang out. And they, yes. they should, and they should the get, get those They arcs. should be getting the arcs. Exactly. <laughs> there me. are people who are so on top of their stuff. Read an, I'm not saying yeah. no arcs. I'm saying just don't give me an arc because I, I don't have my life enough together to get to this mm-hmm. in time. There are people who are so on top of reading arcs and they impress me to mm-hmm. no end. And I always read their reviews. I'm always like, is this book good? Just came out yeah. today. Thank God there's these reviews of people who read arcs. <laughs> Shout out, real reviewer. (laughs) Yeah, shout out. (laughs) And then there's all those signings at BEA. I feel like all of my most awkward, wish I could forget that I am this awkward of a person, memories have also happened at those events. Oh no. Like? Like Patrick. So I've had multiple embarrassing interactions with Patrick Ness, and he's been so kind. (laughs) Me too. My first YouTube video was a patch. I love Patrick. I love the Chaos Walking yeah. series. And I just read A Monster Calls. And it's just a time period when I had read a lot of his books. And I just really loved his writing style, his stories. It made me so emotional. I thought they were so unique too. Yeah. Um, so I was just a really big fan. And I'm just not good at talking to people, especially people I really admire. Like I'm someone who really never wants to be perceived by people mm-hmm. who I admire. Like mm-hmm. I never want to yeah. meet BTS. I never want to <laughs> talk to a celebrity. Like I just don't want to be perceived. Yeah. But I was like, you know, Reagan, shoot your shot. Like maybe things will be different. So I'm at some type of industry thing and he's there. And I, it was just so awkward. And everyone was there. I don't even remember what I said. I think I like blacked it out of my brain. But he was so (laughs) kind. I remember him being really nice. But I was just like, um, yeah, I'm a really big fan of your books. Blah, blah, blah. And I think he asked me a question. I like misunderstood what he was asking. And then I tried to like backtrack. It was like a whole thing. But then the next day I waited in his signing line at BEA. Because I obviously a big fan. I want to get my book signed. Remembered me. Called back our entire conversation. (gasps) And I was like, no. (laughs) So there's that. And then there's a third, third embarrassing interaction with Patrick Ness. I was lucky enough to go to a screening of a monster calls and he was there and i was obviously sobbing my eyes out so guess what happens when you sob your eyes out if you're wearing mascara yeah all over literally my story (laughs) literally all over your face and then i went and talked to him after the movie like oh it was such a beautiful adaptation he was like looking at me kind of funny and he's like thank you for enjoying it i look in the mirror and i literally look 
unhinged unhinged (laughs) yeah that's literally what happened to me well okay preface a monster calls is one of my favorite books of all time and it's a beautiful story it's beautiful and i think like for me like i read it like i like i was dealing with a lot of grief i had lost my dad to -hmm. cancer and so like i just felt like and i just it paralleled a lot of my experience with that and so i already like anytime even thought about a monster calls like just in inconsolable sobs and so mm-hmm. I got invited to this like it was me and like every YA author who lived in New York City I don't know <laughs> why I was there it, it was like literally me and all of Patrick Ness's friends and I was like I don't understand why <laughs> you're I'm a close here. personal friend of Patrick I Ness. guess so I don't know I that yeah so I'm at this event I'm watching it I'm inconsolable like actually like heaving sobbing it's embarrassing it's a lot and so then that's when I meet him and just like trying to have this like trying to have this conversation trying not to trauma dump because I also like recognize that that's he probably gets that a lot like from people who are like let me tell you like all of my trauma and stuff so like not wanting to do that but also just wanting to leave too because I was like mm-hmm. I like I I am just like inconsolable I, I like do not want to actually interact with this person <laughs> even yeah. though I love his work and then then like this was I think two years later he had a book event mm-hmm. in the city and I go to the book <gasps> and he's like Monica and I was like no <gasps> no <laughs> he remembered you please no <laughs> <laughs> and it I've never wanted to crawl into a hole. I was like, what a thing to be remembered for. Anyway. Listen. Pain. Listen. I feel like you have a lot of signing stories. Tell me more. Give me more. (laughs) Um, Well, my only other, like, funny one is, Mm -hmm. well, I met met Emma. How we became friends was because we both were at Sarah J. Mass signing event really throwback oh, yeah that's so fun tbt yeah. yeah i was such a huge sarah j mass stand back in the day i feel like that surprises mm-hmm. people because like i mean not that i i don't dislike her now i just like don't care but um my favorite story so i've met lee bardugo a few times she's like my idol everyone knows mm-hmm. this i just like love mm-hmm. her i think she's the best person in the world um so she had this book come out a while back. Uh, she had this book come out called called Ninth House, which I mm-hmm. read an early. I guess I mean I I guess I do read arcs because I did read an arc of Ninth House, and I read it and I loved it. And at the time, she was getting a lot of criticism for writing about. You know, there's some explicit stuff that happens in that book, and some stuff that deals with sexual trauma. And at the time, I feel like you know, there was kind of this running thing of like, oh, if you haven't, like, you shouldn't write that, basically, um, was was some of the, the stuff that she was getting. And mm-hmm. I tweeted about it. I tweeted about how much the book meant to me. I um, I think I tagged her in it. Anyway, so I, I just tweeted about how much I loved the book and, mm-hmm. you know, why that sort of line of thinking really frustrated me because it basically forces victims to have to, like, out themselves in order to mm. like tell a story. Um, mm-hmm. And I think as a society, we've moved on from that, you know, that and like people, yeah. you know, same thing with like that one kid from Heartstopper having to out himself and all this stuff. So mm. I think we've had mm-hmm. these conversations thankfully and, and have kind of moved forward, but at the time I don't think we had. Uh, and so I posted that and then 
like a week later, I went to an event that she was hosting at Yale, which is where the book is set, which mm-hmm. was really cool because it was just like that I got to see all the cool. spots in the book. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm in line and I go up to the line and she's like, you posted a thread. And I was like, yeah, I did. <laughs> and she's and it was just like this moment. She was like, that meant a lot to me. And we had this really amazing conversation. And, you know, I got to thank her for the book. And so then like, we both kind of started tearing up and then she asked if she could hug me. And so then like she came over and hugged me and it was this whole, it was like genuinely one of the most like amazing experiences I've ever had and sticks with me to this day. And so then recently I was at New York comic con and she was doing a signing Mm -hmm. for the new darkling graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And so I was in line for that and I get up to the front of the line and she's like, oh my gosh, I know you, Monica. And I, complete, completely different feeling than I had with Patrick Ness. I was like, wow. I don't You've know. I was just it. really excited. I've made it. Yeah, understandably. I, yeah. And then she was like, oh, and then the embarrassing moment comes. She was like, yeah, I watched your video um, and you said that all Darkling stands... <laughs> <laughs> basically like I I think I called out like there's just this like subset of shadow and bone fans who like are Mm -hmm. really really angry about the 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 plot arc for the darkling and Mm -hmm. to the point where like you see them sending like death threats to creators of the show and to Lee because they want like the darkling to like it's basically like Raylo 2.0 is is what it is Mm -hmm. um and so I don't remember what I said, but she was like, I loved that. I was like, I love her. I love her. And I was like, oh, you love me. <laughs> so, anyways, that was my really Those exciting. are cool. I've literally only ever fumbled the bag and embarrassed myself. I like, I try really hard with Lee Bardugo. Every other time, <laughs> it's an embarrassment. Listen, did we want to talk about some of our favorite online memories through the years? Oh my gosh. So many. I know. I feel like for me, chaotic ones. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I feel like for me, like as like an initial positive note, like Mm -hmm. I started, obviously I've been making YouTube videos for a long time, but I started doing vlogs Mm -hmm. in when I was living in Chicago. And I'm so grateful I started doing that because it's almost like kind of like a scrapbook for my whole life. Like, and it's, it's so fun to have like that documentation and then to kind of see my life and what I was thinking, what I was feeling, yeah. like my spaces that I lived in. I have this such, I have so much like documentation and like video footage of so many different chapters. And mm-hmm. cause I've been on YouTube for, you know, such a long time, but also I think in such a period of time where so much has, ha- you know, throughout my t- entire twenties, like, yeah. you know, so much of my life has changed and evolved and through different, you know, getting my first job, moving to my first faraway city, moving to another city, making new friends, living in new places, decorating my first like own individual space, you know, Matilda and Clay and like all of these different chapters I feel like have been documented in a way and like a small mm-hmm. way. So it's kind of fun to have it and like thinking about one day being able to kind of have that archive of footage to also look back on is kind of cool no I agree I especially like for me I I get really anxious in real life and sometimes I can Mm -hmm. like struggle to like push myself out there to do things but Mm -hmm. I'm really good at compartmentalizing so Um. once I have a task then Mm -hmm. then like life becomes easier so like vlogging Mm. for me and like or taking photos or things like that like giving myself Mm -hmm. that task like that sort of job makes 
I feel like it makes me do things that I wouldn't normally do or it makes it easier to like do things like travel mm-hmm. solo because like mm. it feels like you're less alone because you're mm-hmm. like obviously talking to a camera but you know that eventually you're going to be talking to other people and like being able to have like conversations um mm-hmm. about things in the future mm-hmm. and it also just like enables me to sort of like shirk off my anxiety and I like I don't yeah. really know the psychology behind it but it's like it enables me to like live in the moment and I feel like that's such a uh like people almost think the opposite is true or like oh if you're like documenting everything then like you're doing the opposite of living in the moment and Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's the case for a lot of people but for Mm -hmm. me it's it's the opposite it like enables me to like have fun and not overthink everything not like let my anxiety prevent me from like living life I love that that's such an interesting thought in some ways I kind of agree it's kind of like Mm -hmm. Well, you know, like maybe I, if I wasn't doing this, maybe I'd feel too embarrassed to like do X, Y, Z, but like, no, I'm doing this. Like, it's like a job, you know, like it's like you feel empowered. Like, no, I have like a list of things, you know? And so like you feel more comfortable or confident to be able to like take up space, I guess, temporarily, like whatever it is you're doing or go do something outside of your comfort zone. So true. And it's also like, I always get questions like, oh, don't you get embarrassed vlogging in public? And I actually, I need Mm -hmm. to share this piece of advice. So this is advice, super throwback. Claudia Saluski, original YouTuber, now Mm -hmm. dating Phineas, friends with Billie Eilish. That's Mm -hmm. a whole wild journey. Journey. I like, I, I, I was watching Claudia like early days on YouTube and she said this thing once where she was like, someone asked her this question and she was like, why would I be embarrassed? I'm never going to see that person again who's maybe judging me for talking to a camera, but I'll have mm-hmm. this memory forever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, actually, you're right. And it like completely changed my outlook. Yeah, you can't yeah. live for strangers. You really can't. Like as long as you're being respectful, you know. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, genuinely. Any other memes? Um, Online memories. I I mean, it's always fun seeing like how communities come together. Like I love, I, I, I've loved hosting Karitathon mm-hmm. every year, um, which is a readathon that Chloe and I host that is basically the whole point of it is to like to read books by Korean authors. Um, mm-hmm. And definitely my favorite year was this past year because we got to interview like a lot of our like favorite authors. Like I got to interview Frances Cha, which was so exciting because If I Had Your Face by her is mm, one of my so all-time good. favorite books. And just in general, we got to interview like a bunch of really amazing Korean authors. And like, I just thought that was really fun. And so I love those kinds of things. And I love I feel like they don't happen or not that they don't happen as often, but they maybe don't happen on the scale that they used to. But Mm -hmm. I loved that sort of community event sort of experience. I feel like that was, that was Mm -hmm. really fun. Really cool about being part of booktube. For sure. I love that. I love creatathon. I always try to make it. How about you? I think a lot of it is just like tying back to, it's so funny to think about like the decision to like pick up a camera and talk about books online has changed my life in like so many huge and little ways. Like I've met so many lifelong friends. I've made, I had gotten to do so many unique experiences that I don't know if I would have ever had the confidence to do by myself. And like, it's just so weird, to th- almost weird to think about because I've just been doing it for so long. Like, what would my life even look like if I didn't yeah. start posting online? You know what I mean? And so, yeah. like, for that, it's, like, kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> no, I agree. It's interesting to see, like, how BookTube has, like, evolved, too, because I feel like it's, it's mm-hmm. so 
different now than it used yeah. to be um mm-hmm. in like some good ways and some bad ways obviously as all things are it is nice mm-hmm. that like we've evolved from although I don't know if we've evolved from it because like I see people get this, these comments on TikTok now but yeah. maybe not as much on YouTube but like the whole fake you're a fake reader kind of stuff oh yeah fake reader girl specifically always targeted always yeah that was a um, whole that was a whole video from back in the day I mean was. there's even like the new GQ article you know oh yeah I mean, like, like, it's a a story that's constantly repackaged. Yeah. To be fair, that GQ article is by one of the people who also... Legacy booktuber. Legacy booktuber who, like, was one of the people who, like, peddled the whole fake reader girl, like, idea back in the day, too. So it's like, like, at what point? Dude, it's been a a decade. Like, move on. Let it go. With the misogyny. (laughs) Like, let it go. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no it's bonkers uh, to me but yeah it's just like it is this thing where i feel like if you're a woman and you enjoy things mm-hmm. automatically deemed as less than like no matter what mm-hmm. and i'm just like how you know grown men in their 50s are out here cosplaying as like sports owners like nfl team owners and are yeah, seen as perfectly normal perfectly rational sane totally cool pastimes which it is totally is yeah i have but a like, fantasy football team it's fun yeah. but like why is that but it's silly <laughs> yeah it's silly like why is that like not viewed in the same sort of like derogatory way as like yeah. a girl who like you know likes to read but also does her makeup i don't know i know <laughs> it's just oh bizarre. it was because remember there was that youtube trend that was like it was like doing your makeup and recommending right. books. It was like a, it was a video tag. It was a tag, and then oh it was gosh. like you can't like people. You're so vapid. I remember getting a comment mm. that was like, Do, "You're so vapid, and you can you even read?" Because like mm-hmm. to me, it just seems like how could you read with all of that makeup on or like something like that? I was like, yeah, the most unhinged. Like I'm like, is this? 1882 like what is happening here it's like almost it's like comical with how unbelievably unbelievable someone Mm -hmm. thinking someone could like take the time and energy to write something like that you know what I mean yeah no it's absolutely bizarre as far Mm -hmm. as like the future of booktube what do you think that looks like I don't know I don't know if I can speak on like the total future of booktube as like Mm -hmm. a community because it's just gonna evolve and people are gonna come and do whatever they want within it and I think that's what makes it so special in like any Mm -hmm. online space you know what I mean and I think more I can only speak to like myself in the way that recently I feel like I've been more comfortable sharing and exploring other things too that I love Mm -hmm. as well and I think for the longest time I was like, no, I can only stick to X and not post Y because it doesn't match like what I've been doing, whatever. Yeah. And so I think for me as a creator, finding this comfort and like exploring different types of content. And I think I've been doing this mostly on on TikTok specifically. It's mm-hmm. been really fun. I feel like re-energized a little bit. Not that I have ever, no, not enjoyed posting on YouTube or Instagram or wherever, but it's just kind of fun to have additives to like whatever it is I'm doing and like reading and being passionate about things can translate into so many other things too which I think is is really fun and I feel like we're seeing kind of an expansion of content in booktube I think you're a good example of that like your YouTube channel was like books but it's like Mm -hmm. cozy vlogs it's video it's like all of these things you know and I feel like 
which I think is exciting. You know, mm-hmm. people are multifaceted, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, you know, I, I kind of say that I have like one foot in booktube and one foot out um, mm-hmm. in a sense that like that'll always be part of like the, the, the foundation of, I think, my online identity because it's also where I spent the mm-hmm. most amount of time. It's where I've made all my friends mm-hmm. and I'll always feel part of that community. But I also think like the community is like shifting and growing and evolving in a way um, – in just, like, the same way that the internet in general is. Like, I feel like the booktube that, like, we're sort of been talking about is one that, like, mm-hmm. kind of doesn't exist anymore because, like, that form yeah. of the internet doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, you know, we're like, old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. <laughs> I also think, like, to be honest, you know, when I look at, like, my most viewed videos, the ones that typically get the most views are not the bookish ones. And so I was like, okay, guys, mm. I, get the, I get the hint. <laughs> All right. Um, which is fair enough. And I'll always love reading. It'll always be, like, part of who I am. But it's not, like, my whole identity anymore. It's the other thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, like, reading is also now, like, all of a sudden cool, which is, like, exciting and funny at the same mm-hmm. time. You know? Like, yeah, it's, like, the popular I love kids it. are... Or reading. Like, I love it. Reading. Yeah. I feel like that whole GQ piece was, like, making fun of the fact that, like, popular people are into reading. And I just, like, I don't know. I don't get that. I, I want everyone to be into reading. It's for because, the nerds only. Yeah. Because, like, if everyone's into reading, that means that the bookstores are going to do well. And that means mm-hmm. they're going to buy more books. And that's a net positive. Makes the world go around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Net positive, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. I love it all. <laughs> I'll be here. Wherever, whatever corner will have me. Yeah. Well, on that note... If you want to be part of our little bookish community, make yes. sure that you read our book club pick. And also, we would love to hear your booktube memories. Like, whether you're mm-hmm. a creator or a viewer, like, what are some of your favorite moments if you if you were into booktube? If not, totally fair, too. But if you are, yeah. we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but Let yeah, if know. you if you read the book, send us over uh, your thoughts to cozyclubpodcast at gmail.com. So we'd love to include your thoughts in our mm-hmm, book club mm-hmm. episode. But on that note, we hope you have a lovely rest of your day and stay cozy. Yes, indeed. Stay cozy. Bye. Bye.